0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. As February is Black History Month, today we have a very special program where we will talk with Dr. Belinda Willis and the origin of what we call soul food. Why Do We Call It Soul Food is the title of her presentation that she's been sharing with audiences throughout the state. And we will talk to her about that and the subject of soul food this morning. Also, with Valentine's just a few days away, Deborah and I will talk about what makes a great Valentine's Day meal. You can join the conversation by giving us a call this morning, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here, filling in for the awesome Kevin Farrell, with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. As February is Black History Month, today we have a very special program with a very special guest, Dr. Belinda Willis. And she's going to tell us, why do we call it soul food? That's the title of her presentation that she has been sharing with audiences throughout the state. And we will talk to her uh, today about the subject of soul food this morning. Also, Valentine's Day is just a few days away, and I will talk with Deborah about what makes a great Valentine's Day meal. You want to join the conversation? Give us a call one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send an email to food at mpbonline dot org. If it sounds like we're out of breath, because we are. <laughs> We've been running around this morning. And if you saw the spread that Deborah Hunter brought in this morning, oh wait, you would know why we're running. We have a good reason. We have to burn some calories before we take in some calories, and then we're gonna have to burn some more off. <laughs> How you doing this morning, Deborah?
2: Oh my gosh, Job, I'm fantastic. It was so funny because I was holding my breath. <laughs> hey, like...
0: I, 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 you know, you try to be a wizard on this microphone, but you have you have to inhale and exhale to keep it going.
2: <laughs> I am absolutely fantastic. I had a terrific weekend. I got to hang out with one of my favorite people on the planet, and that's my beautiful granddaughter. Oh, yeah. She'll be 11 years old this year. Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, she came up here, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. And of
2: course, you know, she's, she's like, Grandma, I so said, when am I coming back? You know? Oh, yeah. We, yeah need so we need to get her back. We're going to get her back up here. And um, and then I got to hang out with some really incredible people also over the weekend, uh, Buddy and Joni McLean. Listen, if you just to spend five seconds in the same room that they're in. It'll just change your life. They're just amazing people. It's just been a wonderful weekend, so I'm excited. Well
0: that's good. My weekend it was okay. The rain kinda of put a damp on my uh family outing plans, but you know, anytime we just together is all all good. <laughs>
2: well, you know, I always say if I've planned something for outside and it starts to rain, that's the beautiful thing about having inside space. You just simply turn your house into a fun place for the kids, pitching you know, homemade tents on the inside, watching movies, turning the lights off, you know, just having a bunch of fun in the house. So I never let the rain stop anything, Java. And
0: well, I, I wish I could have stopped one thing this weekend, and that's the, that's the movie Trolls. I've seen <laughs> I've seen the movie Trolls too many times to count. And too many uh I, I know every word, and it's not about by, by choice,
2: okay, so when you were growing up, what was your favorite cartoon your uh, Your mom is still going through therapy yeah. now because of that, right,
0: yeah, we used to wake up Saturday mornings, and it used to, it used to be on with my with my ball of cereal, but um, like I said, this morning we're gonna be talking with Dr. Belinda Willis in a little while uh, with her presentation. why do we call it soul food and Deborah, you brought in something I guess that will follow along those
3: lines.
2: Of course, Java. Today I brought in. We have some neck bones with gravy. Um, we have some lima beans with tiny bits of sausage in there. We've got. Um, what do we have? Oh, we get, we have some yams out there with white truffled chocolate on top. And we've got some peach cobbler and some cake. We, we should have some rice. Hi, Michelle McAdoo. We're so sorry you're not here today. Michelle was going to bring in rice. So yeah. we were going to just do the whole spread today. But I think we'll survive with what we got out there.
0: Now, I am, I am going to um, slap your wrist, slap your hand, if I may, just oh a little my, bit. Oh, my. Am in trouble? <laughs> what? Where's the macaroni
4: and cheese? Oh,
2: see? <laughs> <laughs> the cook never gets a break, right? <laughs> I don't care how much you bring. This kid wants macaroni and cheese. Every well, time, you know, it's
0: it's it's one it's, of it's one of my faves.
2: I love macaroni and cheese too. But today we were going to just you know kind of do something a little bit different. We can't have macaroni every Monday. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> I, I mean I know because I, I, I do I do brag on your macaroni and cheese all Thank the time. Thank you. Thank and, you. And uh, when you when you did put the popcorn on top of it, uh, uh, that was that was yeah, that's pretty or cool. Something else. And now, um, uh, also Valentine's Day is uh is is just a little while uh oh, what, two days away.
2: I haven't had a date since 1964. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I'm just being a scrooge this morning. Yes, it's just a couple of days away, and I'm really, really excited about it. We are at Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're in- making these wonderful Valentine's treats. We're going to be making cakes and cookies okay. and pies for lovers and all that yummy stuff. But yeah, it's just a couple of days away. Well, Do you know why Valentine's actually got started?
0: Uh-uh. Talk to him. It
2: is so crazy. I know it's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. Can you imagine The that greeting
0: they're... card companies?
2: <laughs> well, speaking of greeting card companies, literally we are going to be selling uh, just for Valentine's alone, almost a billion cards. Oh. worldwide people are sending out cards <laughs> all over the country uh, talking about how much you know they love each other in sweet little notes and i just think that's fantastic but literally uh if you can imagine a thousand years, years ago, there was this uh, Roman emperor who decided that it would, should be against the law for young men to get married, that uh, they would have a harder time going to battle, to war. And so he uh. made a decree that it was illegal for young men to get married. Well, there was this wonderful saint, as the fable goes, named St. Valentine's, who went against the king, and he secretly married people who were in love. What a wonderful mm. story! And so that's, hence you get, you know, all of these little passionate Valentine's notes and the sending of flowers to lovers, and it was all done, you know, in secrecy because literally it was, you know, the the, the Roman emperor just believed it was harder for men to go to battle when they were married.
0: Yeah, they would have a lot, a lot to, uh, I guess, on their mind and, and things like that. But uh, when I guess when it comes to the uh, the kitchen and and Valentine's Day, do you do you you have any advice for I guess say a novice cook? Because you know when you when you want to prepare a meal, that shows just a little bit. Extra love. You know, I, I took my time to prepare this meal for you. I had to get the ingredients. I didn't just pick up the phone and say, come on, let's go to this reservation. You know, oh. I, I, I thought about it. and.
2: Well, when you were saying that, my favorite movie is The Lady and the Tramp. And it's that's wonderful, you know, a meal over a spaghetti, you know, <laughs> and so I say keep it simple, you know, don't go out of your way to, you know, do something extraordinary because you want to be able to still enjoy that person that's on the other side of you. So whatever you prepare, make sure that those meals are very basic and very simple and you can dress them up. That's the beautiful thing about using candles and flowers and that bottle of chilled wine on the table and you can use all of the, you know, bright white and red colors to Make it really, really romantic. Dim the lights. Light your candles, but keep the meal really simple because you know it really is about um, you know looking across the table, making Google eyes at the person. And of course, you know one of the reasons we ser- serve sweets is because you know it makes you really euphoric. And so you know make a nice cheesecake. Um,
0: something with some chocolate.
2: Something with a little bit of chocolate.
0: So the re- reason that chocolate is is yes, every is everywhere during the, the uh, chocolate <laughs> the Valentine's <laughs> holiday. But yeah. but yeah, I think um, with um, you know with cooking for your uh, significant other during the um, uh, Valentine's Day holiday, it shows, you know, it's a little a little bit something extra.
2: Well, not only that, it's just that most restaurants, most really great restaurants are already booked.
0: Yeah, you're not getting uh, in. Are you going to be
2: standing in line forever? So let's not get a divorce because we're waiting in line forever. So you're right. Cooking at home is always the right thing to do.
0: And as always, if you want to share your thoughts about a great Valentine's Day meal or our topic as we were talking with Dr. Belinda Willis a little bit later, Soul Food, you can give us a call one eight seven seven MPB ring 1-877-672-7464, and we have an early caller on the line. <laughs> I that think is...
2: that's my Monday morning man calling in.
0: He find he he, he, <laughs> he just couldn't get enough of you, Deborah. Talk to us, Kevin. How you doing, man?
2: Hey, good morning.
3: Doing good. <clears throat> on the road back uh, towards Mississippi.
2: Oh, but, I uh... saw you had a you you did great pictures, Kevin. You had a great time. You were in New Orleans, is that right?
3: No no no. Mardi Gras in uh P- Pensacola.
2: Oh, okay. You know
0: it's all it's all along the coast. New Orleans gets the uh gets gets the fame and the glory, but it's everywhere.
2: It's everywhere. All right. Uh but anyway, heard you talking
3: about the macaroni and cheese, so I wanted to share I <laughs> one of the meals I had this weekend was uh macaroni and cheese with uh shrimp and lump crab meat with uh gouda cheese.
2: Oh,
0: Ooh, that gouda word. I like. I like that one. You have to.
2: Yeah, that's one of those romantic things you can use this weekend. Seguda. Yeah,
0: that, gouda, that gouda is, Yeah, that's that's a good thing.
2: Well, Kevin, that that sounds like a really yummy meal. I'm happy you're headed home. Be careful out there on the road. Take care of my Monday morning man. All right, good to
3: talk to y'all.
0: Thank all you. Right. See you later, Kevin. Bye. <laughs> That was Kevin Farrell, the regular host of Deep South Dining with Deborah Hunter. And I, I jump in every every once in a while. But uh, we're going to go ahead and just take our first break this morning. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be speaking with uh, Dr. Belinda Willis. We're going to welcome her to the program. She's been sharing her uh, presentation uh, through the Mississippi Humanities Council. Why do we call it soul food all over the state? And we're going to talk to her about that this morning. Give us a call. one mpb ring 1-877-672-7464 or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining. We'll be right back. And we're back. This is Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with the lovely Miss Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And now we want to welcome our (laughs) guest, Miss Dr. – I'm sorry, Dr. Brenda Willis. I've been mispronouncing her name, and she just so politely just told me I was doing it all wrong this morning. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Brenda Willis here, and she's been sharing her presentation. Why do we call it soul food all over the state? And we're going to talk to her about that this morning. If you want to join the conversation  – give us a call one mpb ring that's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org uh, good morning Dr. Willis how you doing?
1: I'm doing fine how are you? Good morning <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah we're doing good this morning Deborah had uh, brought in. Don't be jealous, Java. I know. I'm. A, I'm going <laughs> to get my plate. I'm not as seasoned as Kevin Farrell. He always, you know, he's the first one to jump on everything. He, he well, that's knows why he's
2: my doing. Monday morning man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we like to um, eat, as you can see, every every, oh, Monday, that's a good every that's Monday. Good thing. Every Monday morning, and uh, with our topic of soul food.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, she- when I when I you know we decided that it was going to be a soul food topic, of course we had to show up you know with some things that are you know reminiscent of, of what those traditions are. So
0: yeah, we're going to talk about those traditions this morning. But before we get into your presentation, uh, Dr. Willis, I want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. I know we were talking earlier.
1: Uh, I am am an identical twin, and that's what most people uh, know us it's as. Brenda
2: it's Linda. Brenda and Linda. It's
1: Brenda and Linda, and that's how it ended up with Brenda with an I. My mother knew how to spell Linda, and she thought if Linda had an I, Brenda would have an I. Oh, wow. So it's Brenda, it's B-R-I-N-D-A. I come from a farm family right outside of Kosciuszko, and there are 16 people in my immediate family. And everybody in a farm family, the girls especially, we all get a chance to cook at some point. That's your assignment. And my assignment for a long time was I was the biscuit maker in my family. And I've lived in Chicago, Milwaukee, and Atlanta. And now I'm back in Mississippi, and I've been here since 2000.
2: My assignment growing up was the dishwasher.
1: Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> my
2: brothers used to call me Maytag I kid you not, they would tease me That was my nickname, they'd call mm-hmm. me Maytag
1: <laughs> Yeah, because on the farm uh, When you wash the dishes If you were a dish- the dishwasher You also had to mop the floor That was a part of cleaning up the kitchen Exactly so, yeah. uh-huh. It's not
2: like the kids now, you tell them to clean up the kitchen And they'll just wash the dishes We literally had to clean up the, the entire-, entire kitchen <laughs> Exactly mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Exactly Yeah, that's all a part of it. You don't uh, come out of the kitchen as the dishwasher unless you have cleaned the counters, the floor, and make sure everything is in its proper place.
2: I tell you a funny story. So one night my mom told me, she says, baby, make sure you clean up the kitchen before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I didn't. I went to bed and because my mom is a traditional Southern mother at two o'clock in the morning, I felt some cool covers being pulled <laughs> off of me. There was a conversation in between the kitchen and uh, my bedroom that I will never forget. And so I've never gone to bed after that without washing dishes. Yeah. She blessed me real good. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: She was sitting, she was sitting to mark uh-huh.
2: Yeah. And it kind of went like this. did I tell <laughs> you to?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all have those <laughs> kinds of stories. That's a typical story. You get up at whatever time she sees that that kitchen is not clean. Exactly. That's when you get in there. You have to do it. Yeah.
0: Now that's just like uh, last Friday uh, on our uh, Gustav Gardner show. Uh, um, oh, Felder Russian. Oh, I forgot his name. Felder brought in uh brought in a, brought in a, 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 a switch. And I and I said I don't I think this is like just maybe uniquely Southern where you just had to go get your own switch when you didn't mind or didn't clean the kitchen when you were supposed to. Um, I have flashbacks. But another another. You were rubbing
2: your leg when you were telling that story. Like wait.
1: But
0: another another funny story. Um, Doctor. Weller says I was seeing that you you don't like runny banana pudding.
1: No. uh, (laughs) When I was growing up, we had a tradition, of course, uh, in most Southern families where you would take uh, dinner on the grounds at your church Mm -hmm. and everybody would put their food in a box and each family then would line up their boxes on the table and you would have to then be invited to eat from other people's boxes. Mm -hmm. And my mother would have a strict, you know, determination already of who we could go and eat with. And there was this one lady in our community (laughs) who made banana pudding all the time. And she was always wanting everybody to come to her box and eat. And it, the banana pudding was just horrible. It did not, if you don't cook banana pudding correctly, I'm sure you know, honey. Right. If you don't make the custard right, it's going to be it's going to soupy run. and yeah. runny. And this lady's banana pudding was always <laughs> soupy and runny. And so we kind of steered ourselves away from her box because it was just horrible. It never tasted good and it. Ran off the plate.
2: Now, t- talking about you know Sunday dinners on the grounds, a lot of people don't know how, how, what a great. competition that really became sometimes Mm -hmm. between some of the the women at church because, you know, you were determined to make the best cake Mm -hmm. or the best pie or the best fried chicken. Mm -hmm. And it would almost become like a Sunday's competition, Mm -hmm. you know, for the pastor to get up and say, well, you know, Sister Rose got the best chicken in (laughs) town. Mm -hmm. And it just changed, you know, the whole atmosphere after service because you really wanted to see who was going to come to your area Mm -hmm. and line up. And it was, you know, it was really funny when you see everybody at your grandmother's table. Right. And then you look around at the sister down, and she's just kind of got her nose turned up a little bit because nobody wants that runny banana mm-hmm. pudding.
0: <laughs> now that's funny. I never yeah. heard about the the the. I mean, you know, I've eaten Sunday dinners at church, but I guess as far as the particular boxes per family, mm-hmm. I'm I'm I've, um, I'm curious about that. I never Where are you from. I mean, I'm from Jackson. But <laughs> he's, we- a baby. Oh, he's a baby. He, he's, a,
2: he's a baby. So okay. he, he wouldn't really remember, remember. that. But you, literally, Java, before there were air conditioners in church, you would probably be in some old Southern Baptist church off a country road, windows up. Everybody's got a fan, you know, and the preachers preached his message. And you could smell the food. The sisters would, you know, have had set up the tables outside, especially during mm-hmm. the spring and the summertime. And you could smell the fried chicken coming through the windows. And, you know, the pastor, after he'd say he would going to close for about the fourth time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no, I, know
4: <laughs> I know about that. Yeah.
2: You know, and everybody's kind of waiting for him to close service. And the thing that you wanted to do was rush outside. And it was really where fellowship was in the community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we didn't just go home after service like we do now. We literally stayed around. And a lot of times if it was Pentecostal service, you would stay for the night service because they would have both morning and night service. So Mm -hmm. you would just stay on the church grounds and everybody would eat and fellowship.
1: Yeah, everything was outside, on the tables. Under the shade trees, and so that's kind of where everything took place. And as far as the competition goes for uh, black women at that time, they did not work outside of the home. And so homemaking was a big deal. Absolutely. And if you were deemed a good cook in your community, then that was a, 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 a crown and a feather in your cap. And so people always wanted to have that recognition. And people aspired to be good cooks back then. Not just good
2: cooks, but mm-hmm. good housekeepers, good housekeepers else, as, as well. Also, yes. Yeah, because it was important that the whole package was there. The food was good, your children were well dressed, and your house was clean. Mm-hmm. It's all the things that you, Martin, well, men, I'll, want I, now. I apologize <laughs> for, being,
0: for being born in 1984. And, you know, maybe some of those. I don't <laughs> apologize.
1: That's why you have historians like uh, Honey and I to be able to hand that information down to people who are not aware of the history and culture that we come from.
0: And that's why that's why I uh, really was excited about this uh, conversation this morning. We're talking with Dr. Brenda Willis and she's been giving a, a presentation throughout the state. Why do we call it soul food? And um, I guess let's go, kind of go back and start from the beginning of, of so, so-called the origins of uh, soul food, I guess. You know, we come from... Uh, I guess during the era of slavery, we would Mm -hmm. have um, just basically whatever the master would...
1: Whatever was left over, and you had to make a meal out of that, and that's why we end up eating things like chitlins and neck bones, those things were discarded by the master. And so then we were able to make our foods from that. But we also had uh, methods of bringing food with us when we came on the slave ships. Mm -hmm. We would stick okra pods and things like that in our hair because when our hair is thick enough to hide that kind of Thing. And so the people had no idea where they were going and where they were going to end up. And so they bought some things with them, and they had to disguise it as to how they would transport that. So we ended up with things like okra and peas that were uh easily transported the seeds were easily transported so we ended up then making meals when we got here out of whatever we saw that was left and that's why black people normally eat their meat well done because if the meat was cooked outside on a uh, rotisserie then by the time we got to eat because everybody else ate before us, and so by the time we got to eat, the food was well done. So you rarely see a black person wanting to eat anything that is rare. Yeah, no, that is
0: true. Because I um, just recently, you know, um, I guess ventured off of well done because I just I not to say I, not to say that I was scared of it. Mm-hmm. I just I was like it's not cooked all the way <laughs> right <laughs> but that's, that's, it's kind of funny because also um you know for a lot of people don't want to think about it but slavery was just and i say it like this was just a couple grandmothers ago mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. when you when mm-hmm. you actually think about it my mm-hmm. father was born in 1955 and n- not his mother but his mother's mother his grandma was yeah was mm-hmm. was um born or was born into slavery and those uh traditions that we are living in today are not that far from You
1: know, not far, not that far from us. It's not very far removed at all. And a lot of the traditions that we have, we are still passing on today. And sometimes we're, uh, our children are not aware of why we do this or why we eat that. But it's because of the slavery um, that we were uh, imposed
2: And what's most interesting for me uh, being in the culinary world is, you know, some of the food items that were, you know, deemed uh, undesirable are Mm -hmm. now food items that show up on mainstream menus. Uh, as, uh, you know, great dishes. As to delicacies. E- exactly. And, and some of these items have become very expensive. You know, if you've ever mm-hmm. had to go to grocery and buy oxtails mm-hmm. recently, you realize that they've gone from just a few pennies mm-hmm. to tens of dollars.
1: Well, in a lot of cultures, different foods that are innards uh, that are organ meats, those kinds of things. And especially in the uh, Japanese and Chinese cultures, Mm -hmm. you'll see that a lot of those kinds of things have become delicacies in their communities and in their culture. And they eat various things because uh, seafood different types of seafood that they eat that we don't normally eat here but are considered delicacies in their culture. And that's kind of how chitlins and brains, things like that, became such a, a item for us. And we didn't think anything of it when we were eating it growing up, but now it's been put in the forefront by other cultures and so therefore people are gravitating towards that and you'll ha- hear people say oh i don't eat this oh i can't stand that but it's because they're not aware of the culture exactly now let's um before we take our first
0: break want to uh, let our ca- listeners know you can call in and join this conversation at 1877 MPB ring that's 18776727464 or you can send an email to food@ at mpbonline.org. We're here sitting, I'm Java Chapman, filling in for Kevin Farrell, uh, sitting here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends and Dr. Brenda Willis. Um, Just briefly, before we go to break, where does the term soul food, I guess, actually come from?
1: Well, soul food for me and my family uh, originates in the fact that we used it as a healing uh, property. Uh, Soul food is uh, a term that's kind of thrown around for a lot of different things but uh, in our family going back to when we were uh, cooking on the church grounds and eating on the church grounds it nourished your soul. Uh, When people would During the Great Migration, people would go to Chicago and New York and other places, and when they would come home, they'd be looking for Miss Neera C.'s uh, pound cake (laughs) or, uh, you know, Miss Harmon's uh, banana pudding or somebody else's sweet potato pie, and that's what would make you remember your childhood and that's why that nourished your soul not just to feed your stomach and to give you the nutrients that you're looking for and the fuel that you're looking for but when you have a memory about somebody's good macaroni and cheese as you were talking about (laughs) earlier, when you have that kind of a memory that nourishes your soul and that's why we call it soul food
2: and and in uh, in our community it really does have a a double meaning because mm-hmm. uh, it is connected to the church mm-hmm. and so it is that spiritual idea that you're mm-hmm. spiritual man mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. soul has been fed and then after service you're, you would have soul food that mm-hmm. connection of relationships that fellowship one, yeah one to another.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, we have some callers uh, coming on the line. Uh, Thomas from Philadelphia, will get to you, but we're going to go ahead and take our uh, second break for the hour. Um, listeners, we're talking with Doctor Brenda Willis, and our topic of today, if you have not guessed, is soul food—something good for your soul. You can join the conversation one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a um, favorite memory from uh, one of your Sunday dinners. Uh, Join the conversation. This is Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. Good evening.
4: Good season.
0: This is Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends, along with Dr. Brenda Willis. That was a little taste of Mississippi rapper Big Crit. And his song Soul Food, which uh, if you get into the lyrics or if you have some time to listen to that song, it talks all about just basically what we're talking about, soul food, and how it's a staple in the community, any community, but uh, especially the African-American community and uh, how it goes hand-in-hand with what we do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into our phones, and we're going to talk with Thomas from Philadelphia Good morning, Thomas. How you doing? Hey,
1: hey
3: Thomas. Right. Good morning. Well, I have worked in Wisconsin for the last three summers, and most of the staff that I work with are obviously from the Midwest—Wisconsin, Iowa. Some are from Michigan and Minnesota, and some are from Europe. But um, while I was up there, you know, I got really homesick <clears throat> for some food that I was used to at home, and a couple of weekends like. I would I would cook a big meal for all my friends, like I'd fry chicken and do peas and cornbread and cucumber salad or I'd fry catfish and most of them were like, Wow, you know, we don't have <laughs> any food like this I'm like, Well how do you learn how to cook like this? I'm like, Well, I'm I'm the baby in my family and my cousins and my and my and my, my sister never wanted to play with me so I was always stuck in the kitchen. <laughs> and 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 um I was just wondering how come they don't have that sense of food community like we do.
2: <laughs> well, I think what happens, there is such a privilege and a blessing being born in the South, you know, and a lot of people take it for granted because usually what happens is they spin the story off and they you, you hear all of these really terrible things. When a lot of times people don't talk about the beauty of who we are as Southerners and, uh, food is that one thing that is bar pi- bipartisan. It brings us together and it crosses racial lines. It crosses religious lines. It crosses political lines. And Southerners are very open door kind of people. It is, uh, you know, Fixing a mess of peas and taking it to the neighbor across the street, or you know, making some cornbread and sharing it with you know the the young lady around the corner who have you know a lot of kids. Southerners have learned to share, uh, maybe kind of in a quiet, sweet, settled way. We just learned to share, and food was that thing that you know it was that time after you finished farming because most of the Southerners were farmers. You brought the children in, you set them down at the table, no matter who you were, and you sat down and had a meal together. So that that whole attitude still resonates with who we are um, in the South. Would you agree with that, Brenda?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Southerners have a way of using food to conquer just about any situation. And when we offer you food, then we're offering you a part of us because we put our soul into it. There's a saying that uh, African-Americans have, I put my foot in that banana pudding. (laughs) And when you say that, that means that you put a lot of caring into preparing that food and making sure that it was seasoned right and making sure that it was the right temperature and that it it was actually cooked, done. And so that carries over in a lot of situations for us. I've traveled all over the world. Whenever I tell somebody I'm from Mississippi, of course, there are two things they want to know. First, they want to know about our history, which they usually know a lot about our history already. And the second thing they want to know is about our food. And the last thing they want to know, there are three things, is our music, of course. But food, they always want to find out what we actually eat here in the South. Mm -hmm. And I don't care where, where you go, food in the South tastes different. Our it tastes food. like it, love. It, yeah, exactly, it does. and that's I, why because you know, we put that caring into our food.
3: I have to completely agree with that. Whenever I was in Wisconsin, I tried really hard to find a restaurant that that provided quote unquote soul food, and I'm like, what is this? This is, <laughs> this is not what I was looking for. And yeah. that's whenever I started cooking, I, you know, I'd, I'd ask all my friends, you know, don't you know, I'll I'll take care of everything. I'll cook, and I'll let you all know when it's ready. And I mean, being up there in the farm, for real farm states everywhere. You know, you can find the freshest meats, the freshest ingredients, and it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for your um, for your call, Thomas, this morning. Really appreciate that, and that kind of goes to what um, my next kind of point is. You can go just about. Anywhere and get I'm doing air quotes soul food. <laughs> I mean, you know, you think you fry some chicken and you think you, you you're doing something. But to your point, Deborah, nothing can beat I guess our friend uh, Mr. D. Arthur D. Uh, Davis in at the old country store in Lorman right. with the with the best fried chicken in the world. That um, that you can't you can't beat that kind of old country road, so to speak.
2: <laughs> well, I, th- I think one of the things too to remember is that w- what happened during. Uh, slavery is inherently you had all of this flavor palette that was added to the table you had african people who understood you know uh the flavor palettes they these seasonings and these things that they would the add spices. to the right exactly that they would add to the food that just made it wonderful. But also in the South, is you have uh, French influence here. You you know, there are so many other different influences. You have Italian influences, so you've got all these things that show up in our culture, and we use these wonderful seasonings and these spices. You had the indigenous people that were already here. So all these things show up. And I, and I say this all the time, Brenda. You know, when you're sitting down eating a meal, a lot of times you don't think about... How much history, how much of the world is literally in your plate every
1: time? Well, seasoning is is one of the things that uh, African-American cooks always talk about. You can be a not-so-good cook, but if you know how to season your food correctly, mm-hmm. then it'll take you much further than your being an exemplary cook. If you can season it and put the right combination of seasonings in your food, then we know it when we taste it and we'll say, mm, that came right out of the can and <laughs> you'll know exactly what you're doing to try to doctor that up. And so when we season our food, then that has a, a, a historic presence for us. And it's uh,
0: nothing—it's nothing like some seasoning or that you just—you just smell it as soon as you hit uh-huh. the door, yeah. and you know, and, and it kind of takes you to a place where um, it's my great aunt on my mother's side. Um, every holiday, she makes these fried pies, uh-huh. and I know she's. Made it to uh to where you know to the house because I can smell those pies when I hit the door. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go back to the phones and let's talk to Pauline from Newton, who's been holding very patiently. How you doing, Pauline?
2: Hey, Pauline. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. It's so nice to hear your voice all the time. Thank you so much. What do you have for us today? Okay, you were talking about
4: those boxes. I was born in the 60s. I remember we were taking those boxes to church but we had them inside. And like you said, you don't, don't eat out of sister's toilet for of such a box because <laughs> everybody loved my grandmother's box because she they, they want her to make that um, uh, her famous uh, chicken 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 and dumpling chicken pie.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, she had a wonderful recipe for chicken pie. She had to make it all the time. And also, she was born in nineteen oh eight, so she learned a lot of things. She could make something out of nothing. One day, I went to her house. She had made a dish. She had wow. cooked some lettuce. I said, Grandma, well, how you cook the lettuce? She said, You want it, eat it. If you don't, don't worry about it. And it was very good. I, she cooked it, and you kind of put it over your vegetables, kind of like cha cha. Oh, wow. I had never heard of that before. And, and like you, another thing, when we every year we killed the hog, and like black people, like you said, we socialize. She would say, Send a little piece to this one, send a little piece to that one, all around in the neighborhood. She give everybody a little piece because we kill the hog. Then we go outside. We will put the skin, we skin that hog, put hang him up. We take the skin off. We cook them in the, uh, in that black pot to make um, skins, you know. Some crackling, crackling. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then she take the inside and she take the liver and something that she called the light. Yeah,
1: she'd the light.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she chopped it up and make liver with that and make it good. Then she take the whole head. So one I was helping her. She make the hog head sour oh, cheese. But she had the tongue and the, I said, Grandma, are you putting the, the, the tongue and everything? And she said, yeah, that make it good. I, I didn't eat no more after that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, thank you, uh, Pauline, for that. Uh, that, was, that was great because, as they say, everything, every part of the hall gets used except for the squeal.
2: Well, you know, but that's part of the farm-to-table movement. And it's what we've traditionally done is, you know, you used everything because you had to. Then we had this uh, economic period where we thought it was okay to throw things away. Luckily, we're back at a time now where the revival of farm-to-table is back, not wasting anything. It's taking everything and using it because it's just a necessary ill it's necessary to learn how to use everything and there's a there's a place um in Byron. i'm sorry in brandon the mclean lodge where their motto is fresh from here it's taking everything you know you grew your greens you you, mm-hmm. you know so you use the root and the green itself you know you you raised your own hogs and you used everything mm-hmm. and so it's learning It's learning to be economically sound.
1: Yes, we were raised on a farm, and we raised everything that we ate. And growing up, I think that became instinctual for me not to throw food away. But I think that when food stamps came into play, that's when people started not being uh, conscious about throwing away food. Uh, when food stamps were first introduced, you couldn't buy processed food with food stamps. And now you can buy processed food with food stamps. And that's not a good thing because you hear so many young African-American women now boasting about the fact that they don't cook, that they, uh, I don't know how to cook, I don't cook. You know, we eat out and you're eating fast foods and you're eating processed foods and that's why then we have so many illnesses that are um, centered around African-Americans that we have high blood pressure and diabetes and things like that because we're eating so much more processed food. When I was growing up, diabetes and high blood pressure were not as prevalent that's as right. it is
0: today. That's right. Yeah, and that's um, I guess also I guess to your point about the he- health concerns. Excuse me, where traditionally people would uh, kind of associate soul food with you know With kinda, healing, well, healing, but also you with know health with health problems because we're frying the chicken and you know
1: we're putting we, this the the. Uh, Fat back in the green, But we went out into the fields and worked off and burned off everything that we did eat at that time. And now we're sitting, we're eating some of the same foods and cooking them in the same manner. And we're sitting on the couch with the remote. And so we're not burning off anything. And actually, it's harming us uh, when we do that. But I remember growing up as a child you would eat a big heavy meal and then go out and burn that off before twelve o'clock
2: you're right. We didn't leave, uh live sanitary lives uh we we did we worked we got up at five o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning and you worked until the sun went mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. so that's why you would you know hear church songs that would relate to you know when the sun is going down because mm-hmm. you literally you lived your life my grandmother, if you were in the bed when the sun rose in the morning. she say, baby, your life is passing you by.
1: <laughs> or you, in my family, you had to be sick if you were in the bed past <laughs> time exactly. that the sun rose. Okay, we got some more callers on the line. Let's
0: see if we can talk with uh, Dudley from Calhoun County. How you doing this morning, Dudley?
2: Good morning, Dudley.
3: Doing great. Good what
2: morning. do you have for us? I would like to ask
3: I would like to ask Doctor, thank Dr. Willis for mentioning Brains. Pork brains are a true delicacy, and I wondered if she might mention some ways that you prepare it besides brains and eggs.
1: Um, All right. Thank you for that, Dudley. Brains and eggs is the traditional way that you cook brains. Uh, I'm not familiar with any other way that you would prepare brains. My mother always cooked it that way, and that's the only way that I know how to cook it. Now let's go ahead and take our final break for the hour. Uh, we've been talking with
0: Dr. Brenda Willis before we come, well, when we come back, we're going to ask her where you can catch her uh, program while we call it Soul Food and uh, finish up our conversation this morning. You can join us, one mpb ring one 672 7464 or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email food at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Everything that I did, different things I was told, just ended up being food for my oh, soul your soul food. and soul food alright everything is for free as good as it can be come and get some soul food
0: Sunday morning where you eating that This is Deep South Dining. We're back. I'm Java Chapman filling in for Kevin Farrell with Miss Deborah Hunter. Uh, also talking and sitting with the lovely Miss Doctor. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Doctor.
3: <laughs>
0: Brenda Willis. <laughs> and you just heard a little bit uh from the out uh from the Outcast affiliate uh Dungeon Family. I'm getting real hip hop on y'all. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta-based uh rap group, Goody Mob, and their mm-hmm. hit Soul Food, which just like the um, big crit song we talked about. Uh, if you have a chance, please listen to it. Cause it talks about how just food for the soul and all the different forms that it, that it goes.
2: And one of the things I think for me, Java, that, um, The word soul food permeates so well is because it was those moments that I got to spend time with my grandmother in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, she'd be stirring in a pot and teaching a lesson at the same time about how to act like a lady and what to say and how to walk and how to, you know, talk in life and and, how to cook and how to, you know, (laughs) and so it's that whole idea that the family is sitting around the table and. Uh, and you're speaking one to another about life.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a a trained social worker. My undergraduate degree is in medical social work, and I've done social work in various places. And whenever you go out to do a uh, family, collect a family history or to uh, do an assessment, that's one of the things that they used to teach us in uh, social work uh, class, always find out, when, do, when does the family eat together? Mm-hmm. Who prepares the meals and who's present when the meals are being cooked? Because nowadays, that's one of the reason, reasons I feel that families are so disconnected is because they don't eat meals together. They don't prepare the meals together. And as you're saying about teaching lessons... At the table or during on the counter when you're cooking foods right. or around the stove, those are precious, precious times and we don't have that anymore. And that's one of the reasons I feel that our families are so uh, disconnected from each other because we're not in a situation where we're uh, teaching those lessons in that loving environment where food is a part of that because it's so easy to transfer that good emotional feeling to banana pudding or macaroni and cheese, because it does warm the soul when you're doing that. And that's why I think that we're missing that in our families today.
2: I remember my grandmother would say when she's cooking, she says a little piece of me will
1: end Mm -hmm. up in this
2: pot and a little piece of me will end up in you. Mm -hmm. And it was just part of the process.
0: And that's, that's one thing that I always feel, especially when we talk about food, soul food, African-American food, Southern food is the, the handing down of traditions. It's a a funny meme on uh, social media that's been circulating around talking about when black people cook, they don't use measuring cups and things Mm -hmm. because they, you know, add their seasonings, and add their spices until their ancestors whisper, that's
1: enough. (laughs) (laughs) We never had uh, measuring instruments and tools in slavery. You didn't have a measuring cup or a measuring spoon. And when you have cooks that are really good cooks, they don't use a recipe. You can look at something, you can taste it, and you'll be able to tell what's in it. And almost down to, as we say in our culture, down to the T. Oh, yeah. You'll know exactly. (laughs) what it is that's in there, and if you have to cook from a recipe all the time, then you're probably a novice or you're a beginner cook, and in this day and time, you know, people live by cookbooks. And when I was in Hattiesburg last week talking, one of the professors from USM who's doing a collection of cookbooks, he was asking about cookbooks prior to night. Prior to the 60s, and that's just one thing that we were not uh, exposed to writing cookbooks. So you're going to find very few southern cookbooks from the African American community prior to the 60s. We just didn't have the tools or the facilities to write books. We never knew anything about uh, producing a book that uh, about the food that we ate because we just kind of took that for granted. So the only thing you would see is maybe little scribbles of paper yes. sometimes where Someone would actually write down the recipe, and they would tell you, come on in the kitchen, and I'll show you how to make it. But it was rarely written down. Now, before we
0: get out of here, um, Dr. Willis, um, tell us where people can catch your uh, presentation uh, next.
1: I'm going to be in Hattiesburg again, but uh, I'm going to be on a different topic. At that point, it's going to be um, the from the fields to the factory, but I'm on the Speakers Bureau for the Mississippi Humanities Council, Mm -hmm. and if you contact them or look on their website, you'll see the topics that I have. I do um, travel in America, why we call it soul food, how we got the blues in Mississippi and from the fields to the factory. And that's how I usually do those presentations. However, I am going to be building my own website and writing because I write for the Jackson Advocate newspaper, the Jackson Free Press and Boom Jackson magazine and um, Blues Blast magazine. Also. Well,
0: I honestly wish we could have this conversation for like about two more hours.
1: Exactly. Like, it's, <laughs> this, is,
0: this, is, this is a lot. And I've thoroughly enjoyed myself this morning. This is Deep South Dynasty and a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Sorry to our callers, we just ran out of time for Deborah Hunter and our guest Dr. Brenda Willis. I am Java Chapman, and stay tuned up next for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, also Southern Remedy at 11 o'clock, and join us next Monday at 9
3: a.m. for the next Steep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.